in the cup for a dirty hump. Honestly, during the game, I didn't see it. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Hello and welcome to From Dial Square to Where. For those that are listening to the audio, I've just, just got a face mask on with hashtag clop out on it. Uh, so I wanted to be topical. So <laughs> Let's have a hello from everyone here. Finally. I'm going to take this off because I can't breathe. <laughs> right. So Johnny, how are you? <laughs> We've got air in the end. What a nightmare, Dad. That's alright, mate. Yeah, you will. Uh, yes, I am, thankfully. I'm not in quarantine or anything, so um, all Thanks positive. For, Thanks Andrew, for having me on. He's right on your microphone now. Now we can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, God, I'm all in my mess now. Look at my glasses. Uh, That's a really good prop. Yeah, well done. Right. Oh, well, Actually, well, sir, Jolly, we're like off to a rolling start, you were wearing the other day on... Um, What's that, buddy? On the on the post when you were going out. Oh, what the uh, the Liam Gallagher jacket? Yeah, that was nice. That was with the jacket. Oh, nice one, mate. Yeah, I got that from Fruity Green. Is, oh uh, yeah. Yeah, it was all right. I got it, uh, about two hundred. It was nice. No, very nice. I'm gonna have to have a look at that after the show. Yeah, cheers, mate. I'm just gonna go and get a pint of Corona then, and I'll be back. Corona. He's like a college girl. Darren. Darren, welcome. How are you, mate? Yeah, look, look at this fucking state of me. You tell me you've got to start at seven. I rushed here to get here. I haven't eaten. I haven't changed. I look a fucking mess. And you're 20 minutes late. Yeah, I'm here. Well, at least, uh, well, I wasn't late, was I? Let's just go, but let's just, uh, you know, oh, well, let's not go into it. <laughs> I, was, uh, I know, but I wasn't exactly late here, was I? I've been fucking stressing, having heart attacks and, you know, Go, like I said, I was just about to run out and play on the M6 with a rubber ball. So, <laughs> <laughs> Talon, the bearded gooner, how are you, pal? Doing well, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad now. I'm going to start trying to uh, relax. And Ryan from the Arse Bros, how are you, mate? Ah, doing good. Can't complain. Fantastic. Late substitute tonight because of uh, Glenn having to pee off. All right, well, we've got a st- lot to talk about, really, th- today. Uh, not so much, even, about the specific uh, matches that we've had lately, but, I mean, they've all been done to death over the last few days, um, exiting the Europa League. Uh, we all know how disappointing that was on the night, but I think I put it on record uh, well, quite a few weeks ago that I think that the best chance we had was of getting into Europe was via the league and not via the uh, 
a cup competition, which is always notoriously hard. And do you know what? I think people, a lot of people, especially Arsenal fans, um, especially on Twitter, they actually forget that whenever we go out onto the field, we've actually got an opposition to play. You know, and sometimes the opposition are actually going to put up a, a pretty decent fight of uh, matches, and we're not going to have a, a performance for 90 minutes just getting everything our own way. And, you know, I think we underestimated Olympiacos on Thursday, and we got our just desserts, really, uh, despite a few moments in the match. Um, but overall, you know, it, it was just too ponderous, too slow, and, uh, yeah, a big disappointment, really, overall. But... The one shame about it is that the world-class goal that Aubameyang scored is probably going to never be remembered or spoken about ever again in the future, <laughs> which is a bit of a shame for him. Um, let's have a quick, let's have just a, a very quick, and like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on that match, but uh, let's have a quick once round and just to see overall, you know, your thoughts about it and, and going out of the Europa League. So, Johnny, what, what's your thoughts on it overall, really, mate? Right, well, I'll be honest, I think the manager for Olympiacos deserves all the credit because they, yeah. came, they came with a game plan. Uh, we're a better side than them, much better side than them, but they took it to us and they nailed it. Tactically, yeah. tactically they were brilliant on the night. So a lot of Arsenal fans are having a go and rightly Arsenal, but at the end of the day, we've done all right. We, you know, they've done very, very well. But I think Arsenal were a little bit fatigued as well. They looked a bit fatigued. Uh, I felt very sorry for Aubameyang as well because he's um, he's the first signing for me next season. You need to give him another two years. Well, world class strikers can go until they're thirty four, thirty five. You can get another two years out of Aubameyang easy. Yeah, so I he, totally agree. I, I just think Olympiacos came with a game plan. They've done it well. You have to give credit to the manager. Doesn't matter what Arsenal mm. did at the end of the night. They did it well. Uh, you're the first person I've heard that. Agrees, you know. I think they, I think they played us, did a brilliant job on us. Basically, I think a lot of uh, manager deserves a lot of credit, and they weren't attractive to look at, but they did what they needed to do to get through the tie. What about you, Darren? It's just a funny scoreline, isn't it? When you when you've got that one nil away mm. lead, you don't know whether to stick or twist. And I felt that's that was the problem. I don't think we had a shot until the seventy fifth minute. You don't know whether to go for it and, and, and win it or just sit back. And there was a lot of indecision in it. But at the end of the day, it's a cup competition. You know, not always the best team wins the cup games. You know, uh, Liverpool won the Champions League a few years back when they were the best team in England. You know, so it is a cup competition. It, 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 you know, sometimes you'll get lucky and you'll win the competition. Sometimes you won't. You know, we are a better side man for man, probably over two legs than they were. But but it's a cup competition and we didn't finish it off. So we got what we deserved. And you know what? Say la vie, let's move on. You know, it was... Uh, Nobody on that team didn't try. Everyone wanted to win. The manager put out a really strong side. Who can you complain? You know, you can't say, mm. you know, we, he didn't go for it. Just mm. just roll with it. We got knocked out of the cup. Me. I, I think that uh, the chances of us winning it were slim, very slim anyway. And it could do us a massive favour not having all those extra games for the rest of the season, personally. But And that's not sour grapes at all. You know, I've, I've been thinking that all along. I hate that competition, to be perfectly honest. What about you, Tannen? Uh, I, I'm going to enter and echo your sentiments, Andrew. The other team gets paid to play too, uh, just like we do. So, um, I got an echo here, guys. You know what? Let me back out of here real quick and, and restart. I got an echo in my headphones. Give me a minute. Okay, mate. 
I'll be right back. No problem. I think the same can be said, what Tanner just said, I think the same can be said with, uh, with Portsmouth. And if people don't realise that it's their cup final, Portsmouth, and they're going to come at us from the first minute and attack us and really have a go, try and put us on the back foot, because we've got the reputation at the end of the day of, of being a pushover from years gone by, like several years. And if we don't expect people to do that, especially uh, in the cup, the same against Leeds in the first half, what happened to us in the first half against Leeds. It's like uh, all our players standing up in a hailstorm and the, with the winds blowing the hail in your face. It's what it's like when they're, they're coming at you like that. So what about you, Ryan? I mean, I agree with something. I agree with, with all you guys are saying, but then I disagree with what some of you guys are saying. Um, I thought they were pretty bad, Olympiacos. I just think that we just didn't take our chances. We didn't play well. Um, in in the fact I didn't think they played well, Olympiacos, I thought the manager deserves credit in the fact he pulled everything out of that team. He squeezed the team like an orange juice on breakfast morning and got everything out of his team. Yeah, that you know, in the extra time they were so tired. I think it was their their one of their fullbacks or center backs was just like hands on his knees in the six yard box, still trying to defend with Arsenal coming at him. So I, I give him credit. I mean, yeah, like I said, they weren't playing. I didn't think they played well at all, but neither neither did we. And but again, same respect, you know, he. The manager got everything out of them. They, they they willed their way to victory. And sometimes, you know, again, with these competitions and the knockouts, sometimes a team that wants it more is going to win, not necessarily the most skilled. So, well, it sucks. But, again, you know, we, we press on and trying to, be, trying to be positive as best I can. But uh, we have a nice run of fixtures coming up, so hope, hopefully uh, accrue some, some points. Uh, yeah, and um, we, we've had it confirmed that we've got Man City next Wednesday, haven't we? And um, do you know what? I, I, I'm not particularly bothered about it. I think that there's no one going to be more keen to to pull one over on Pep than obviously Arteta, is there? Really, the you know the the pupil taking on the the teacher, and um, he's going to want to win that more than anything. He's going to get him really fired up. So let's see what what happens and if we lose it we lose it it's not the end of the world because it's uh we've got plenty more matches to actually get to where we want to be but apart from this that europa league tie we've you know we, we need to remember we're still unbeaten in uh in 2020 in the in all domestic competitions so i'm more concerned about just getting past west ham at the weekend because you know it's just typical isn't it with coming up against west ham when they've got the tails up and they're gonna you know they're gonna play like prime barcelona at the weekend so it's just, it's just one of those things um there you go. Well, andrew there's people that forget portsmouth's got one of the best home records yeah so that was a great performance by arsenal and it wasn't very strong with the team so that was a good, that was actually a good, lower league, it doesn't matter. At home, Portsmouth are tough to beat. We had a weekend team out, we've done the job. Another good performance from our tower. Absolutely, and guess what I, I meant in the beginning, it's, it's very, very true. They rotated some players, but that was out of necessity because of, they played on the Friday. And they've got another uh, big match at the weekend coming up, and obviously their priority is getting back into the championship. But uh, they're, they're a big club at the end of the day, they won the... FA Cup 12 years ago and mm. you know they've, they've got a, a, a small compact ground but it's uh, it's well known for its um, boisterous atmosphere and they nearly filled it I think it's what 18,000 there so yeah it was and considering 
the amount of young players that we had, I think we did really, really well. I wouldn't have been surprised if, um, you know, we hadn't got the winner on the night, um, considering the line-out we put out. But that's a massive testament to what we've got coming through. And uh, I was really, I was absolutely thrilled with it, to be honest. We controlled yeah, I, that. I, I totally uh, agree. And I was also very thrilled, personally, with David Louise because I think David Louise under Mikel Arteta has been a totally different player. And I think he is our captain, no yeah. doubt about it. Absolutely, hundred percent agree. And do, do you know what? He made that mistake at the end of the the match. But I'm not going to hold anything uh, against him for doing that because, yes, it was bad. However, he's 33 and he's played he's played every game. And against um, Olympiacos, that was his third game in seven days at that point, and he played the full hundred yeah you know, whatever minutes that we had in that game. And credit's got to be given to him because he was still putting in everything he had in, until the last minute. And like I said, he, he's not a young kid anymore. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm really uh, I'm grateful that we've got him this season because I think his leadership has been very, very good for our young players. So um, I, I definitely hope we keep hold of him next season as well. And I'm almost certain we will because that's the last 12 months of his contract. It'd be stupid to sell him for anything at the moment because whatever we got... It'll be, it would be worth it to lose that guy from the, the changing room, to be honest. The thing is, you've got to look as well, is the guy's been playing for his career next to one of the best centre-backs the country's ever produced, and that's John Terry. Mm. Whether you like John Terry or not, John Terry is an amazing defender, like Tony Adams was. And he's played the he's done it all. David Lewis is a class centre-back. He's, on his day, he's our best centre-back in the team, no doubt about it. I, I, it was early days, but I really like the look of the partnership he could have with uh, Pablo Marie as well. Mm. Uh, I think they complement each other very well. And I, I, I was watching them quite closely, how they sort of reacted. David Luiz had no issues mm. s slotting into that right centre-back position. And when one brought the ball out, the other one was covering. And, and vice versa. And um, they've both got really good passes on them. So I think that could be another weapon mm. uh, moving mm. forward. I mean, they, he's been playing Mustafi because of his ability on the ball and his passing ability. But I think that, um, well, fingers crossed, Pablo Marie could be a lot better than him. So it might keep him out of the team. And, um, yeah, I, I'm quite look, looking forward to seeing how that pans out, really, to the rest of this season. Thanks to everyone watching. Just quickly, boardroom bounce. We're going to discuss that a bit later on. I'll give um, Johnny the chance to have a chat about that. Ryan from the Mr. Arsenal podcast, thank you very much for being here. And Terry Mancini, I'm really looking forward to the comments you're putting in because it's always good for value. He's put, uh, Andrew, when Olympiacos discovered that London had more women than goats, the Greek got a big lift. The Greeks got a big lift. The other winners were the relieved goats. So <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. What about the camels, though, Terry? Did I have camels? I know. I'm uh, probably a bit wrong there. I don't think Greece have camels. Um... <laughs> talking about <laughs> I'm glossing over that I was hoping no one noticed um, I didn't get away with it clearly keep going I didn't notice <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about the uh, well the forwards that we've got and obviously the young players I've heard a lot of podcasts recently and uh, a lot of chat on, on Twitter about who we're going to sell blah 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 in the summer who can we move on and I've had I've, more than, well, quite a lot of people have been, I've heard that um, we'll be lucky to get 30 million for Aubameyang 
and we'll be lucky to get 25 million for Lacazette. And I just think, I just can't believe the stupid. It's absolutely ridiculous as far as I'm concerned, that sort of figure. I mean, you wouldn't sell them for that, first and foremost. You might as well keep them. But in football, goals are the most valuable commodity you can get. And Aubameyang, like you said earlier, Johnny, he's got at least another three seasons uh, at the top. He's a supreme athlete. I don't. I can't remember him being out for long term for injury. He's, um, he's he's guaranteed thirty goals a season. He's going to finish this season on thirty goals again in all competitions. So six. I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility to get sixty, seventy million for the guy. I don't believe because of three seasons worth of twenty to thirty goals in any league. That's worth it. I think it, it's. Especially if he goes to a club at Barcelona and they've got the guys just, um, just giving him the ball in the box all the time, he's just going to be tapping them in for fun. Yeah, but Andy, uh, I mean, let's, uh, let's be honest. He, he's joined the club because he thought he'd be playing at the top level of, of European football, and it's not happened. Uh, he's coming into the last year, year and a half of his contract. I mean, that's why the figure's going low. He could just sit out and play one more year for us and go for nothing. He's got one more big deal in, in, his, in, his, in his locker. Are we going to pay him Ozil-type wages to no. keep him? No. Or, you know, do we just have to look at that and say, do you know what, he was a great player for us. He, uh, we weren't good enough for him over the last Absolutely. Few years, to be honest. And he can I, just walk uh, away. I agree. I agree, but I'd rather keep him for the, for the last 12 months of his but contract maybe, in that case. Yeah. It may not be our choice, you know. I mean, it, 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 we can keep him. Of course, we can tie him down to that contract. But do you want an unhappy player there for another year? Or do you make whatever money you can? If that's 25, 30 million, do you not just take that? Absolutely just... not, no. I, don't, I wouldn't sell him for 25, 30 million. I think he's insulting, to be perfectly honest. The question would then become, you, you take that 25 or 30 million, can you get 30 goals out of 25, no 30 million reinvested somewhere else? No, no of course you can't. The thing so, is with him as well, over the last five or six years, if you look at his stats, he's one of the top European goal scorers. He's been doing it for five or six years. He's just not in the Premiership. He is one of the best strikers in the world. Arsenal have got him. We need to do everything to keep him for that two years. So if it's a fact of getting rid of Mendes Erdogan, then we have to, because the Bamiang is more important. He hmm. is your goals, and he is just an outstanding... I think he's as good as Robin Van Persie, if not better. I, I just think it's a no-brainer because how much did Real Madrid pay for Eden Hazard when he had 12 months left on his contract? But eight, 90, wasn't it? It's a completely different player. However, like I said, I mean, look how that's worked out for a start. Yeah. Chocolate, chocolate. Yeah. But it, I'm sorry, but 30 goals a season minimum for a, a team like Real Madrid is worth 60 million for the season because of what it will bring them. Mm -hmm. yeah, so if, they, if anyone wants him... They can have him, but for sixty million minimum, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I see. It's funny when I did when I did um, my podcast with Manny on the Ars Bros. Everyone check it out. Where we kind of confess our sins. My first sin was, I think we need to sell Aubameyang right away, and I was like, that's got to happen, just because like the money he could bring in, and on top of that. I don't know if we could get the best out of him going forward. But after, you know, Manny kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit and he kind of gave me the, the same kind of argument that you guys are saying, you know, like how are we going to replace these 30 goals? You know, how, how much can we get for him going forward? You know, and 
like Darren was saying, it's not, it might not even be our choice. So I'm kind of like swaying back to where I definitely want to keep him. And I think maybe I thought his best years were behind him and I thought he was nowhere to go but down. But I mean, he hasn't proved, he hasn't proved that at all. Like I, I think I say- He's got better. Yeah, I say you just roll the dice. You know, like you're in Vegas, just hey, play on end. You have to, people, you have to to him. Sorry to butt in, but it's, I think this is important. When he missed that chance right at the end of the match against Olympiakos, people say, well, that's what Aubameyang does. He always he, he takes him so many chances. I'm sorry, but that, that hasn't been the case, uh, this, especially... Well, don't you notice, though, he hasn't been missing those easy chances. I can think of one um, in the... Well, this season, to be honest, and I can't remember which game. It's quite a recent uh, one. He's not the best striker. Come on, let's be honest. He's a fabulous player for us, and he scores a lot of goals. But he's not. He doesn't miss as many as he used to. He's not the best finisher, though. That isn't what he does. He he does so many things so well because he gets in so many places to score those goals. He's a runner. Yeah, yeah. He's not a clinical finisher, and that finished. You know that missed chance. Unfortunately, sort of typifies him as a player. Do I want to get rid of him? No, absolutely not. He's a fabulous fast player, but I don't think we're going to have that chance. You know, he will want to leave. He, you know, and and, and okay, we may need to hold out for more money, but if we don't get into the Champions League, you know, he's not going to want to go into you know another year depressed, fucking playing Europa League or nothing football. You know, he'll want to leave. I don't think we're going to have to get into this conversation anyway, because I think we're going to make it into the Champions League, rather league. Um, so, there you go. I'm just an optimistic guy. Um, can, I say, can I say something on last night, though? You all watched uh, the game, oh, sorry, Monday night's game. I, as a football fan, as an Arsenal fan, watching that for years, I, I enjoyed watching that, especially the second half. I enjoyed watching that more than I've enjoyed watching Arsenal for years. Mm. To me, that was the future. That really was where we were. You know, there was no Obama Yang, no Lacazette. We had some really quality defenders for a change. Louise um, Mari uh, uh, Socrates hitting 40, 50-yard diagonal balls across to a front six that was a delight to watch, that worked their nuts off for 90 minutes. Uh, scored two goals, kept a clean sheet. That's the reality of where we are. We are a team that's going to struggle to get Champions League football and God, I hope we get there. We may not even get Europa League football. But that watching that last night showed me what we have got coming through. And Aubameyang, you know, he's a big part, but it's not essential that we keep him. I was um, really, like I said before, a bit, it's um, a joy to watch the youngsters playing. And the way they handled that game, I thought it was really, really good. Really, I, just, I was just really happy with their performance. I think it was really professional and they're very mature in, uh, for everyone, really. I mean, Andrew, I mean, don't get me wrong, you saw their shortcomings. You saw... Yeah, of course. You know, Martinelli uh, Martin is not the best player the world has ever seen already, like everyone's saying three weeks ago. You know, Enkatia's got some mistakes, but look how well Enkatia came back and held the ball up, something we've been criticising Lacazette for. Look how well Enkatia did it last night. Look how fast Nelson was. Look how much work Martinelli did. You know, look how good Guendouzi was. I mean, there was so many positive things to take from that performance last night, and that's where we are. We're the only thing that worries me with the Abamyang thing is that it's proven. Where's the gold coming from? Look around that midfield, look around the attacking force, and you get rid of Abamyang, then you decide the player that you'll pick to replace him. Who's that going to be? And also, I'm not what Lacazette, 
doesn't score many goals. Let's get that right. Good player. His, his strong point is his work rate. He's probably the hardest worker on that pitch. Yeah? Eddie, very similar player to Lacazette. Probably works the channel. I, I think he's better than Lacazette, personally. Well, well, time will tell. Whoa, uh, time. whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. Uh, but Martinelli, is he, is he an out-and-out goal scorer? We don't know yet. But that's my point with Aubameyang. Like, to me, he is an out-and-out goal scorer. Like, he's done it everywhere he's been. And he's done it in Germany. He's done it in the Champions League. He killed Tottenham two years ago. He's a brilliant, brilliant player. And I just think Arsenal fans don't realise how lucky we are having him. Absolutely. Well, yeah. the, other, the other thing, too, is I think fans tend to get enamoured with the grass being greener on the other side. And like I said... If you sell him, you have to take whatever you get for him and you have to reinvest it into another goal scorer. And there's just not another goal scorer out there that's going to give you 30 in the way that he will for less than 120 million pounds at this point with the way the market goes in this day and age. So 60 million for a Bobby Yang, sure, that's great. But who are you going to get to replace him for 60 million? Well, Harry Kane's not going to Arsenal, so... Oh, don't... What? Come on. Why, why even put that out there in the universe? I know. I just had a bit of sick come up in my mouth. Well, what I'm trying to say is that you want you, you, you talk about five top... But whether you like it or not, Harry Kane's in the top five, six, because he is. Aguero is the stats are there. You can nod all you want. Aguero is there. You're not. He's not going to come to Arsenal. So who is going to come to take Aubameyang? If you go out there now, we sell Aubameyang tomorrow, who are you going to go and buy? And who's just going to come to Arsenal like that? I'll just give, I'll take the money and give it to Martinelli and just tie him up for life. That's what I'd do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're a child. You know, we know, we know. Yeah, I mean, just, that's the thing. Who are, you, who are we going to bring? It's exactly the point, though. Who are we going to bring? We're not going to bring him. We're not, we, the thing is, we, we might get Kane. goal scorer. Unless you uncover, like, a, unless we, like, a, you know, uncover a gem, like, like less to do with Jamie Vardy. You know, I mean, mm. we, we, could, we could roll the dice, take a chance, but. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's a chance. And a club like us shouldn't really be dealing in chances, especially with our rebuilding and especially with the new coach and, like, everything. And I mean, yeah, to an extent, we do take chances with certain players. But but with 30 goals in, in Aubameyang, you can't really – you have to get someone to replace the goals. It's just as simple as that. Okay, so let's take it from the management position. They stated at the start of – was it this season or last season – that when a player gets to two years or less on his contract, he's going to be sold or sign a new contract. That would, There wasn't an in-between. After losing Ramsey and after losing Alexis and having to pay Ozil, you know, three times probably what he's worth, the club said that they will never let that situation happen again. So we've got a player coming up in his last year, year and a half of his contract. If he decides he doesn't want to sign a new contract, we have to sell him, you know, mm. and whatever that price yeah. is. I mean, we have to face facts. We are not in the Champions League. And if we don't get into the Champions League this year, he will just say, no, I want to go. And we will have to take what we have to for him. Of course, we all want to keep him. He's a very, very talented player. He's the best goal scorer we have. But the club has said we're not going to do this anymore. And that's the situation we find ourselves in. Well, I agree, and maybe I value his chemistry with the team more than most people, and maybe I'm overvaluing it. It's very possible, but he is really a friend of Lacazette. He's really good friends with a lot of players on the team. He's, and again, it, it, it's all media. It could be all bullshit. I, I know, I know, but I just think he has tough, like good ties here, and I think the chemistry with the team is on and off the pitch is really good. Again, it could be Arsenal media fucking doing over on me, but, you know, I definitely think Lacazette and Aubameyang are, you know, I don't want to 
save up buddies, but they're like they're really good friends. And I and I think that like having the chemistry and like having that friendship I think goes a long way. And I think that either like I said, either I'm overvaluing it or you guys are underlooking it. But I Okay, I okay. Think I could Just to argue that. I agree with you, Ryan. I agree. Sorry to talk over you. I agree. But the 90% of our fans, not me, 90% of our fans have decided that Lacazette's no good and we all want him to leave. So yeah. is that, where's that chemistry then if he goes? You know, no, then there's none of them go, the fucking fans ain't my mate Lacazette. They're all cunts. I'm going to fuck off. Do you know what I mean? We don't know. And I, and I make you right. There is a an argument that he's, he's actually a really good, you know, he does love playing here. Being in London means a lot. I'm sure it's a, a great place as a footballer and you can... You can be anonymous in London. I'm sure there's a lot of ties, and I'll be really happy if he signs a new contract. But it's hope. It's it, that's all it is. It's hope. Isn't it sad though that the uh, Champions League has destroyed football like that for the player with a badge, and how the money, the game's changed dramatically. You know, when you look at Tony Adams for Arsenal, and I've got to say, it, Gary Mabbott for Tottenham, John Terry for, you know, they wanted to. Stay hang on, hang on, hang on, Oski. Can you stop mentioning Tottenham Plotsworth players, please? That's just, that's just not on. <laughs> Seriously, I'm going to be sick. Um, you've, got, you've got to think these players, they play for the badge. You know, mind you, anyone fucking wearing a top and shirt, well, I don't know what's going on there. need to go fucking talk to us. But all jokes aside, some great players that play, stayed and played for that. Look at Gerard. Could have gone to Real Madrid. Didn't. Stuck it out with Liverpool. All oh, that's gone now. It's so sad. Yeah, but it has gone, hasn't it? I mean, uh, you know, we... I'm sure we all grew up in an era where, you know, the. I remember standing outside the clock in queuing for tickets uh, for a game fucking well back in the day. And Dave, I'll tell you the era, um, Kevin, what was his name? Kevin Campbell turned up yeah. in a, uh, he had an XR3 convertible. Wow. Do you know, and we all, and he had music blaring out, you know, like, and it was like, wow. They were the dog standing bits. David Hillier, David Hillier pulled in in the car park behind him. And he had yeah. a Mark II Escort, and so did I. <laughs> Do you know, and that's different. <laughs> you know, that was it. I remember seeing him, and it was the same colour and everything. And I drove the same car as David Hillier. Do you know, and and that's the difference. David Hillier was a regular in the Arsenal midfield at that time, and, and we were close to them. Now it's it's just a different world. You know, it is. It's a much different world. I mean, you have to question as well, like players like um, Tony and Ray Carlin, social media. They wouldn't stand a chance. They wouldn't. They wouldn't stand a chance. They'd be murdering them on social media. Did you guys... Sorry. Did you guys hear the... um, uh, I think it was the Handbrake Off podcast uh, where they had Glenn Helder on as a guest the other day. I did, yeah. Yeah, They said about him, he pulled into the car park um, somewhere in a really flash car at the time and Tony Adams had a, a Mark II Fiesta, he said. Uh, and that was and that was the difference, you know, because he thought he'd made it, and you know he's a young. Actually, that was a really good podcast. I really enjoyed it. I felt a bit sorry for Glenn Elder, and the worst thing I actually fucking emailed the cunt about three weeks before they did. So I was I was hoping to get him on myself because he's a proper. He's actually a really good character, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but, it was a good podcast. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but um, that's a different different world. I, I remember um, used to go to Highbury back in the day and I used to bump when I bump into them but I used to see the players sometimes they used to park the cars in the road and then obviously walk into the ground themselves and I used to see it quite often um, but yeah imagine that nowadays it just, it just wouldn't happen would it but I, I agree with a lot of these comments that are coming in like um, 
this one from Lavanger's Lounge. Hope I pronounced that right. Um, about spreading the goals out if we got rid of uh, Aubameyang and we need goal-scoring midfielders. And I, I totally agree. I mean, I don't know whether you guys have seen the highlights reels that are doing the rounds of um, the new Kevin De Bruyne, Emile Smith-Rowe at Huddersfield <laughs> lately. Uh, he, he, I mean, uh, it's, it's a long, big step up, I know. But he, he's absolutely looking brilliant. I mean, who's to say that he couldn't take a, a, the Ozil role next year and start contributing, uh, you know, up to 10 goals himself? But w we need to get that situation where we're putting more pressure on Pepe next season, for example. Um, you know, if we can get uh, a good partnership going with Tierney and Saka on the left-hand side, um, you know, Saka would be chipping in with more goals. And we do need to spread it out a bit more because we are too reliant on Aubameyang's goals at the moment. I don't know what you guys think of that. Yeah, I, I agree. We are we are too reliant on Aubameyang's goals. Think about where we'd be without him right now, um, <clears throat> without those goals. Relegation zone. That's yeah, but, but that being said, uh, there's another side to this too. I, I agree that we need to spread the goals out. We need, I guess, a way to put it would be secondary scoring, um, that being from the midfielders. But uh, I still think we need, and we have him here, that world-class goal scorer that, that just strikes fear into the heart of defenses whenever he comes running at you, and that's a bombing act. So it, it, it's it's a two-pronged attack, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, are people starting to starting to come on side with me about Eddie Nketiah yet as well? I mean, I looked at his stats earlier. He's got, um, from 10 starts this season and 15 substitute appearances, he's got 11 goals. I mean, I've got. This is I'm not saying he's ready yet, but he's going to be a very good striker. I think when you talk on these podcasts, sometimes you, you mouth off your opinion, and sometimes it makes you look like an idiot. I remember when he he was chosen ahead of Lacazette, and I, I was just playing devil's advocate because everyone was slagging off Lacazette, and I'm thinking, well, he doesn't go from like player of the year last year to being the worst player in the world. And I was saying that Enkatir is so far off of the, that sort of quality. But you know what? I've watched him the last two or three weeks, and I haven't seen Enketia this year. And he has come on so much in the last six, eight months from when I saw him at the end of last season. And I thought the way he was holding up the ball last night, the way he came back, his first touch, they were hammering balls into him at real pace. And the goal that he scored, I think the commentator last night said he got a lucky I know. Goal. It's an incredible first Did you touch. see that first touch? I saw, yeah, yeah. On his toes. He took it down with the way he controlled it with his toes. And uh, that that was incredible bit of skill. I think the composure to put the ball in the net so close incredible. to the goal, I thought was crazy. I thought that was nuts. I was I don't think any of our, many of our players could do that. I was really impressed. I think I think it was his best game of the season. You know, yeah, Portsmouth, whatever. But uh, the only thing I'm concerned about, I think I've talked about this on here, um, is I think he's a great goal poacher. I think he knows where to be in the box, where to run. I think he makes really good runs. But in the same respect, like the way Arteta uses him. As like a workhorse and pulling back, I, I don't. I think he could do that really well too. But he can't be in the six-yard box and working hard in the back. I mean, again, if the possession's there, if the playmaking is there, and the flow is there with you know the way we're playing, yeah, obviously he can work hard in the middle and then slowly go back, go into the, the six-yard box and make runs and stuff. But I think it's a lot to ask for from a twenty-year-old right now. Anyway, that's why like I'm willing to give him time. I want to see what he could do. I don't think he's there yet. But how, how old's Mbappe? Uh, what is it, 21? 
22? I don't even know. 22, I think, yeah. Younger? I don't even know. Uh, he's been at the top. He won the World Cup when he was about 20, didn't he? And, you know, unless I do not think I'm comparing the two. But if they're good enough, they're old enough, aren't they? And I'm not saying that he's, he's the finished article yet, but people saying that he's just a, he's just a poacher, he doesn't do the other stuff. I, I, want, a, I want a player in the box that's going to do the poaching. <laughs> I don't want, if we had someone behind him instead of Urzu who actually did their job properly, then he wouldn't have to work back so much, would he? Like, same with Lacazette. You know, he'd, he'd actually be supplied by the, by the wings and by someone sitting behind him. But instead, because Ozil don't do that no more, <laughs> they, our strikers are having to do that. So it, that, it annoys me when people say, well, yeah, he's, 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 a good, he's a good goal scorer, but he doesn't do the other stuff that Lacazette does. But, I mean, that's ridiculous. We want someone up front, as a number nine, to score the goals. And I tell you what, he's, he's, just, he's just got that knack with being in the right place at the right time and making the runs at the right time. He makes really good runs. I, I watched some play at Leeds, too. I mean, he just he knows when to make runs, where to go. He knows where to be. And to have that instinct at 20 years old, I think is awesome. And I'm excited. But it's just, again, like with the fans, they want – you know they want to see stuff. They don't now, know what they want now, now, now. Especially like with with us in limbo with the Champions League, they they don't care. They don't care that he always oh, getting better and he played so well here. And they, they don't care. They want him to score now. They want they want you know uh, instant gratification. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why I always speak up for um, I'm old school. So sorry if I upset anyone, but um, I was a big old not a Tottenham player, please. I won't play him again. I promise. I've learned my lesson. I promise to me. But no. Um, Arsene Wenger, wonderful manager, great manager. And I think the problem with him was he'd done it too early and he put himself on a pedestal of success. And some of these young Arsenal fans saw it coming in. They were like kids in a candy shop, but they wanted more and more and more. And then also FIFA came along and helped their managers all of a sudden. And they, you know, Steve Ian, everyone's a football manager nowadays. And it's not as easy as it looks. Times running at Chelsea never helped managers by sacking them left, right, and centre. Kids saw that happening, fans saw that happening, and that's the thing the demand is too. They want it now, they want it now. Manchester United never won the trophy, well, never won the league for 25 years. No, well, I'm fucking old, and Spurs have never won it in my lifetime. That's what I'm saying. Liverpool, first time in the Premiership. You know, what's wrong with these Arsenal fans? Yeah, did you, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Did, did you see what I put on uh, Twitter today? Because I, I heard it on a, a very good, <clears throat> reputable podcast that um, if this um, coronavirus really grabs hold in the UK and, and they start cancelling football matches like they're doing all over the place, and especially in Italy, if we can't complete, complete the league season, then there will be no champions and there will be no relegation. Can you imagine if Liverpool, it happened to Liverpool this season and what their fans would say? Oh, oh, oh. oh my God. It would be the funniest thing I've ever seen oh. in the world, ever. And I would, I would literally go outside, set up some stalls and have a good old-fashioned street party. Like we used to have. <laughs> it would just be so funny to see them. Oh, oh my God. And they would be going on about it forever. Oh, oh my God. But the, anyway, let's just oh, hope. married to a scouser. It would be so much fun. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious! It'll be the best thing ever. One for you, but I'd be scared. I'd be, I'd be scared for you. Yeah, that's true. She's a fucking nutcase. Yeah. What would? Um... 
<laughs> you see her coming in behind you with a sort of knife. Like psycho. What would we get? escape room in your house. This is mine. A panic room. You can't see me from outside. You just see like a hand come down above your head, Darren, and some whips you up into the nether regions up the turn. You just see your feet go... I have the key. I have the key. <laughs> I've locked myself in. I have the key. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but what, in the, in the yeah, market. Look, 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 my wife is like a lot of Liverpool fans. She is a part time supporter with a full time mouth. And you know, <laughs> they, they, they're not really interested in football, but as soon as they start winning. <laughs> does she speak Scouse? Of course she does. <laughs> Fluent. Oh. <laughs> That's not bad. It's a difficult language to learn. That's all. It's like, it just takes had, a long time. You had a lot of yeah. K's to everything. I can't understand it. Oh, it's difficult, mate. Um, in, the, in, in the market, if we were to sell Lacazette then, um, what would you think we'd get for him? I, he, see, uh, again, going back to my podcast, I said, I said it's all about being and Lacazette if the money's there. The only that's like the, my biggest thing. I do not know what teams will pay for. Because again, last year he was our player of the season. He, he could do no wrong, and then this season he's one of our worst players. And he's just not on form. He can't. He can't do anything. He tries too much. He. You could tell he really wants to score. I mean, he, he has scored kind of since I I kind of said this, but um, you could tell he really wants to score, and he's just doing too much. And sometimes he's got to let things happen and let things unfold. Um. So I, I really don't know. I mean, you guys, maybe you guys can enlighten me and tell me how much you think he's worth, but I, I, I don't know. I think I, we get our I, money back for him. I, yeah, I, see, I want to say that, but then it's like, are teams willing to pay for that? Or pay for him? Maybe what, what the, pay for him? I don't know. But. 54 million? No, 45, I think. 45? I think it was 45. Yeah. See, I, I, the one thing, I, I, <laughs> being over here, I just, so maybe, dyslexic. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, I'm happy to. Yeah. We always, we always hear the, we always hear it in dollars, in American dollars, not, not pounds. But that's, I thought I saw 54 million pounds. But well, I, I don't, I don't think we'll get that then. I, I was thinking we paid about 45 for him. And I see. I, so here's the thing. It's, a, it's not only a matter of what he's worth. It, what he's worth is what someone's willing to pay. Um, so exactly. That's why I'm like, I don't know. It, so, you know, if, if there's a, a club out there that, that think, you know, maybe there's a French club that, that say, yeah, we'll give you $60 million for him. I, and, and if somebody offered $60 million, I'll drive him to France myself. Um, and I love Lacazette. I'm just saying $60 million would be an absolute mm. that, that highway robbery. Um, the- I would say if I had to put a dollar figure on what I think we could get, thirty-five to forty million, and that's probably, and I think that might even be a little higher. I don't. I think that you're yeah. underestimating the marketplace, though, because average players are going for the, for yeah. more than that. I mean, look, we sold it way before thirty-five, forty million. million. Yeah, but here's 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 the other thing too. But this is it, he's having a bad year. So, yeah, I, I know, but he's still a goal scorer. Hang on, hang on. Oh, I, I agree. Give my Arsenal standards, yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I agree. Joe, Joe Linton at Newcastle was bought for forty million pounds. That, that's a good example. You know, and he scored example, one yeah. goal, and he's not on Lacazette. You know, he scored yeah. six goals in a period in one season. That was it. It was 
you know, so it is exactly uh, what you said earlier is what they're willing to pay. Who knows what we'll get for him? Yeah. Um, but it's he's coming. He's got another year on his contract. That's all it is. We're in this shitty situation. He where still we have has. Does he have three years, two or three years left? Is that? No, I he's don't think he does. He's no. got two and a half. He's got uh, he's got two years left in the summer. So at the end of the, that's what I'm talking about. When he gets to the summer, he gets to that two year period where the club have categorically said we're not going to get into the situation. We're going to let players run down their contract. Well, at two years, they will either sign a new contract or we will sell them. That's not me talking. That was yeah. Arsenal. You know, well, and, and Aaron, to that point, I wanted when you brought that up earlier. I wanted to say this, and and I said this on uh, on Arsenal fans circle last week. Here's the thing with selling players: you got to have somebody that wants to buy them. You can't just say, hey, well, okay, we're going to sell them. Well, who's going to buy it? You There's know, a big shortage of strikers. There's, we yeah, saw well, that just, in January. I'm just saying in general, it, 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 in, in this business, it takes two to tango. You you know, you got to have a buyer and a seller. It's great for us to say, yeah, we want to sell them, but somebody's got to come in with the money to buy Well, look at um, Lukaku in, in Italy. I mean, he couldn't hit a barn door uh, for Man United, but now look at him. Yeah. And I, I, if, if Lacazette went somewhere like Italy or even the Bundesliga or, or even back to Lyon, I think he'd do really well. I actually agree 100 percent with that. So I, I don't. I think we're underestimating what we could get for him. However, I'd be quite happy if we got uh, 45 to 50. Would be fantastic. I, I, but I think we wouldn't. I think we could get him more for him. To be perfectly honest, I think it'd be because of, just because of the marketplace and the the massive shortage of, of strikers that are available. I mean, yeah, look what happened what in January. We go out into the market and try and find somebody like. Lacazette. <laughs> well, this is it. I, 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 I genuinely, genuinely would quite happily sell Lacazette and not even replace him because I think that Enketia could do a better job anyway. Mm. And, and that's how badly I, I, I really don't. No, I do Enketia like the guy, but I don't think he's a fan. In the space of three games, Enketia's now. No, no, he, he don't back out on loan because he didn't get a, a more than three or four games for Leeds. We wanted him more to go out on loan. Suddenly, he's. I didn't want him to go out on loan. And then Arteta I, I definitely. picked him. Arteta sees something in him, he's picked him, and suddenly he's the best player in the world. Let's get real here. Martinelli had three good games, and everyone's saying he's the best player we've ever seen. You know, and then Arteta sticks him out in the reserves because he sees what he sees every week. And now he, you know, he played last night. I love watching Arsenal play, and Martinelli was good. He worked his nuts off. But was he skillful? Was he as good as Obama Yang? Was he one of those top players in the world? No. Let's not, let's stop saying when a player has a couple of good games, that he's the best thing ever, and when a player has three or four bad games, he's shit. You know, Listen, support this. I, support the players. I, I totally, I totally agree. And I'm not saying that, because um, I don't think Lacazette should be in the team at the moment anyway. I think that Aubameyang should be up front. And I think we should supply him in, in you know, playing through the middle. And I th I'd, I'd be really happy with either Saka or Martinelli on the left and Pepe on the right. So for me, Lacazette isn't playing at the moment. And that would be Nketiah's position moving forward as well. As a substitute, and you know, an impact sub would be fantastic, and you know, play him in the, in the cups next season. So for, for me, I don't think we should be playing a Bamiyang and Lacazette anyway. And so uh, I've got no issue with losing Lacazette at the moment because I think he's just lost his mojo and he needs a new start. Simple as. I really do. Uh, I don't think he's done him any favours having four managers in the last two seasons either. To be perfectly honest, I think if you include uh, Freddie Jungberg. So, I've got no issue with selling him. I, I just, uh, I want to make sure, which I can't. I can't make sure because I, I, I've got no uh, faith in, in bloody um, 
Raul anyway. But um, if we get a good, decent price for this guy, Lacazette, and a lot of other uh, first-team starters, then great. I'd, I'd be very happy with that because Thomas Partey's got to come in for me. And if we can get someone like a, a Jack Grealish that Emil Smith-Rowe could sort of understudy, that would be incredible. We need to get more goals from throughout the team, like uh, we said earlier in the comments section. And uh, we need to, uh, to strengthen the spine of the team for me. What yeah. you, you know, what do you think of that? <clears throat> yeah, well, uh, obviously. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. No, I mean, I, I don't really have anything to say. Just other than like, yeah, I, you say Partey, you say Grealish. I have a half chub right now talking. I mean, those those two guys would, <laughs> would strengthen us. It's funny how like two guys in our starting eleven strengthen us immensely. It's just it's they're exactly what we need. Um, again, it's just it's just to see if we're relaxed and just to see also too who we sell and how much money we can get from the players that we sell. You know, like we're talking about Aubameyang, talking about Lacazette. I mean, again, again back to the back to my one of my another another sin I have. I'm more excited in selling players this summer than buying. I really want to see what these players that we have are worth because some of these players aren't wor- aren't working hard enough, at least for me. Um, and I think some of these players think that they're going to get into the starting eleven every week and don't give a fuck, you know. And it worries me because I think Arteta is going to cater to them. Perfect mm. example would be Xhaka. Um, he said he said multiple times how he's going to he wants Xhaka in the team. He wants to start Xhaka every week. And he want, doesn't want Jaka to leave. Apparently, he was on his way to Berlin, and now he's not. And that worries me because I think he's easily one of our worst players. So, I don't know. The thing is, as well, I'll tell you, you've got to realise the players that Arteta has got and some of his players. He's gone exactly, there, yeah. and, and he's turned that team, well, not dramatically around, but there has been, no one can say there hasn't been an improvement. Because there has been for Arteta. Uh, I think there has been a dramatic improvement. Well, no, I'll take that all day, fair play. Um, I think there has been, you know, I like Arteta, I like what he brings to the table, but we cannot judge him even, you know, for at least two years, because that first transfer in the summer, that's that's not enough. Not with what he's got. He's took over a team. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not enough. So I've realised, too, it's going to take at least two or three years. It took how long before? Four years? Yeah. Four years, yeah. He finished eighth in his first season, didn't he? And he just got to learn to be a manager, period. Like, his subs are have been really bad lately, and, like, his decisions, he's been kind of <clears throat> waiting and waiting and switching subs. Oh, you're coming on. No, you're not. It, it, that, that's frustrating to see. But, again, it's his first managerial position. Like, I'm I'm more than open to, like, waiting and, you know, seeing how it is. Because I, I think he's a quick learner. And, you know, hearing all the things about how, you know, he has his mansion in uh, – I think he has a mansion in Manchester when he was at City. And he has no pictures of family, no nothing. He just has, like, formations and plans and tactics all over his wall. He's like a serial killer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think I think he, he's willing to learn. And, he, and, I, and I think it just needs to he just needs to know what he has and what he wants. And he needs to change. If he needs to. If he needs to, he needs to know that he could change. And he needs to know that... If he's he, if he makes a mistake, he make, it happens. I think he's so concerned about making a mistake that he in turn makes a mistake, i.e., like taking too long to make a sub or anything. I think it's a big Do, thing. But you know, one one thing that I'm actually with him on, and it's frustrating to start off with because it's something that you have to live with for a little while, 
but it gives uh, good results long term. And that is what he said when he, I think it was against um, Chelsea, when asked about his substitutions, and he said about, well, I don't want to send the wrong message out, and I want the players to be able to make the right decisions on the pitch themselves. And that is frustrating for a lot of fans, but I think long term you get a lot of good benefits out of that because the players do start to get a bit more intelligent because he will then give a lot of thoughts and feedback after the game about where they went wrong. And they will then, next match, when he does it again, it gives them more, more of a chance to cut, overcome a hurdle, like, I don't know, an injury or having a player sent off or something like, along those lines. They will start to learn what to do. And, like I said, it's a little bit of, well, it's short-term pain for long-term gain, as the old cliche says. But it, it, it is quite frustrating. But I do think that that really benefits players, especially the young players we've got playing at the moment. It's a strange one, though, isn't it? We, uh, we complained at Emery because we didn't know what he was doing. The players didn't know what they were doing. They were confused. You can go back to the era of George Graham where he drilled that team back four again and again and again, month, week after week, day after day, hour after hour. And then George, um, Arsene Wenger came in. And if you listen to the players from that era, they'd, they'd had you know, a few months of Rioc, but they'd had all of this pressure from Graham to be drilled. And then... Uh, Arsene Wenger's method was you are players go and express yourself that's all he did you know Wenger mm. every week go and play go and do what you want go and play go and enjoy yourselves and uh, you know that worked for us and we, we've got Arteta now joining the club and the jury's out it was a very strange uh, decision on my, uh, in my opinion that they appointed someone with absolutely no managerial experience for a club with the stature of Arsenal an incredible um, gamble uh, I'm loving it at the moment. I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan. I like the fact that we're trying to play football. And if he is just saying, go out and express yourself and learn, you know, he is learning. But at the start of this season, didn't we all look at the squad we had at the start of this season and go, do you know what? We've got a real chance this year. We brought in, it was a great transfer window. We were all saying how good it was. And then it just has dissolved into nothing. That is a good group of players that Arteta's got. And he's got a great youth uh, uh, four or five really good young players coming through. Um, normally, you give a manager two or three transfer windows. But really? We're, haven't we got a good squad there now? Isn't there enough in there to make us challenge? I don't know. He, he's hardly lost the game since he's been in charge. and Daldy won again. <laughs> no, no, well, <laughs> the, it, it's, it, he's won the last two Premier League games and that is the start of a run, which is good. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I, I've got a lot of faith I mean, in him. I mean, the jury's out. I, I told you, I watched last night. Oh, sorry, Monday night. I watched Monday night and I was delighted. That, to me, is Arsenal. That is the future mm. of Arsenal. We're going to lose a lot of players because we're mid-table. Get used to it, boys. We're mid-table. You know, we can say if we put a run together, we can get in the top four. Absolutely, of course we can. But we haven't put a run together all season. You know, we've won eight games or nine games all don't season. Yeah, as well, we had this... I mean, I'm a big Wenger fan, but at the end of Wenger's career... I know there was a couple of players that weren't in that team, but it was declining then. Emery started off okay, but then it got even worse. And poor old Arteta's come in, and he's done, I think, as the bearded one said, not a bad job at all. <laughs> the bearded I mean, one. The bearded one. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we done our money, Johnny? <laughs> Haven't we, we did our money. Yeah, but oh, Pepe, yeah. Pepe, right? Pepe, there is a player there. There's a class player there. 
Graham Soonis, the eighth of the Arsenal, even he said it. He goes, that lad's going to be a good player. He mints Liverpool. He absolutely destroyed Van Dijk. He, he, them free kicks that he's done, he needs a bit of confidence. We judge him next year. That is a great signing for Arsenal. I've got a lot of good things to say about him. And his work rate's got better as well. If you watch him, Pepe gets back a lot now. Oh, he does. Favourite player. Yeah, I'm glad you noticed because I, I see that myself. And I, I say that yeah. he gets slated all the time, but no, he doesn't track right. back, doesn't track back. I'm sorry, but I'm I'm seeing that he tracks back. He does. He, he works. He does. Off, and that's typical. Well, what they're doing, they're a £72 million player. Oh, they want this, they want that. I'm telling you now, I played football, and that is a player. He is a very, very good player. And yeah. I, I, I personally think it's... It, if you can't see the talent that that guy's got, then there's something wrong with you. Spot on, mate. Spot on. Yeah. And, and do you know what? The, I mean, I thought it was hilarious when it happened, even though it was in a difficult situation. But you know that that um, it's got the clips going around and round and round Twitter all the time. When he just sort of cut him back one way, cut, he, he beat the same guys about fifteen times in the box yeah. against Olympiacos. But that was because there was no movement in the box. He didn't okay. do that on purpose. He, he just kept tracking. And tra I mean, when he went to shoot once, the guy had his leg up and he thought, no, it's gonna, I ain't going to get the shot on target. And he cut back and he cut back. But there was no bloody movement. I mean, Urza was standing there doing fuck all. Might as well have been a sack of potatoes at the edge of the box. And Lacazette was just waiting for the ball to arrive at his feet as yeah, well. Again, that's instant gratification. People see him do a couple moves. Oh, great. Now score. Oh, you're not scoring? What the fuck? You know, and... Yeah. Have a look at what's going on around him. It's tough because I watched him, I watched that play. I saw it in real time, and I was going, "Yeah, okay, okay." But then I, <laughs> I would say, "Yeah," and then I, what the fuck? Come on, do something. And then I'm, I kind of catch myself being like, "Well, well you got to do something." And again, like you said, you know, there were there were times where I wanted him to shoot, but then like going back and looking at you, like, "All right, well, he didn't really have the opportunity. He didn't really have the spot." But um, yeah, it just comes back to want to see, you know, a fancy move and then a good one right away and it's not going to happen especially with the team it just it just won't we need to kind of we need to build our identity build our uh in a way build our culture and i think again that goes back to why i'm more excited to see us sell players because i think we need to get rid of some of this dead wood and some of these players that have this really crappy uh arsenal culture or old arsenal culture and just kind of get 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 a better mentality going um but again it, it comes with time you can't have that instant gratification I think that's the one thing that Arteta's brought in is the attitude that look you're gonna you're gonna work. You have to work, off. yeah. You're gonna work look your at, ass off. Look at, look at Malin Niles, nowhere yep. to be found. Yep. And and what did he, what did he say after Monday night? More, I love Malin Niles. More frustrating. He the most frustrating thing about this team right now for me is that whole situation. But like I see what he's doing, and in, in the long run, it's gonna make more sense to me, and I'm gonna grow to just deal with it and be like, okay, like we need these players to kind of build a mentality and get this culture, you know, into a new swing. And if AMN doesn't want to get on the train, then see you later. Uh, and, and, I, and it sucks now, but I heard yeah. that I heard this a long time ago when I was, when I was playing hockey and it was hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And that's what Arteta is bringing into this club now is, Hey, you're, you're talented. You got, yeah, you're a world-class player. Guess what? You can be better. If you work harder, you'll be better. And that's and, and so you come into this club, you better be prepared to work your ass off because that's the if I had to put my finger on one thing that Arteta has brought, it's that. It's it's the it's the work rate. 
That's yeah. what, that to me right at that is is probably the biggest thing that is better with this club now. And it's tough too because Jalen Nows is probably our best right back right now. Since our tennis team their team, he's been our best right back. Jalen Nows easily. But now you have Socrates starting in front of him. I think Mustafi played right back a little bit instead of him. You know, it's Bellerin. You can't. You can barely run. You know, it's it's interesting. But again, I'm trying to be patient. But it's tough when you have your best right back not even getting into the team at all. Yeah, is he right back or not? Whatever, I don't really care. We want to, you know, again, it's kind of patient. I think the uh, Johnny, this uh, one's for you as well on the screen. If you want to answer that, okay. I was just about to say as well, Gwen Dozy. I think the treatment of the that young lad's been disgraceful by some of our fans as well, because he's a young lad who's coming, and he needs time. He's another. He could be a good squad player. He's very young, and we've seen him have good games. And that's just my opinion. Again, it's a gratification. He came into the team. Everyone's like, everyone thought he was going to go to the U23s and kind of build his way up. Emery liked him right away, and Emery just rode his dick. He just played every game, every single game, and he burnt him out. And that's what yeah. happened. He started playing a couple of bad games. He, he got then, too many bad habits as well. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you can play memory. You can, you can blame a lot of things. Mainly I blame memory. But, I, it, again, it's just you have to realize how well he is. And just because he, may, he gets into the first team and plays all these games in a row – does it mean he's our answer? Does it mean he's going to be the center midfielder that we need? It, it takes time. You got to realize the age. You got to realize what he needs to develop. What he, you know, what he's really good at. What he needs to develop. And it, it's 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 rough. Oh, it's for most of the players you can argue, but yeah, Gendouzi comes into uh, my 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 boy Gendouzi comes into a lot of. I think I don't think I've laughed so much at a football match when he did what he did against Mike. Um, Oh, fucking hell. Mike oh, Dean. Dean, absolutely. I mean, he made him take the kick twice, didn't he? Um, and then he did that, and he, he gets booked for being sarcastic. Yeah, I'm a groupie. I, I love him. I, but again, you can't you can't play him every game, and yeah, you know, there. You can see there's a player there. I mean, yeah. you him against the first couple of games where we signed him. With it. I mean, the Man City game when we lost two 0 at the Emirates, he was our best player. He was outstanding. Um, and to be I, honest, I, if he was on another team, we would hate him. He's yeah. an asshole. Oh, yeah. Exactly what we need. We need an asshole to rile up the other team's fans. We need an asshole to rile up the team and kind of, you know, things are getting not good for us. We could kind of roll out. And, and exactly my point. Austin Villa, uh, Villa, when we were down to 10 men, he was the heart and soul of his team. He willed his way. He got us yeah. back in that game. And he wound them up in the, in, in the process, too. Darren. One of Arteta's, uh, you know, I say the jury's a bit out on Arteta. How well has he handled getting Doozy? You know, I, I'm going to put my hand on Doozy's one of my favourites. From day one, I thought he had the quality to become one of our proper um, players. You know, really, from day one, I thought I haven't seen anyone as good that young since uh, Fabregas, you know, since um, uh, Wilshire in the day. And Arteta straight away put him out the team, put him in the reserves, you know. I had the fallout with him in, in, in Greece. He has really treated him, you know, but he's given him a chance to come back. And on Monday night, I thought he was outstanding and looks like the future of Arsenal Football Club to me. I think he's a wonderful player. Well, well But I think Arteta's really, really handled him really well. Maitland-Niles, he's done the same thing and Maitland-Niles hasn't come back fighting. Maitland-Niles, yeah. I don't know, we don't know, we're all guessing, but he's he's gone the other way. It's no. 100% his attitude. Do you remember when he tried to come on the pitch with a necklace on? And... Yeah, he, he got sent out to to warm up, and he had his trainers on yeah. as well. And Andrew, it's just lax attitude, isn't it? Paul, yeah. and it's funny because we kind of, in a way, like 
I, I mean, at least me personally, I like kind of like that. Like he does, he doesn't get all crazy built up, built up. He has that lactation on the field, but like you said, I don't need him wearing trainers to warm up and has a necklace on when he's trying to come on either. You know, you kind of need to need to find that Goldilocks effect. You got to find that perfect balance. How much, Professional. How much uh, Ainsley make yeah. the Knowles feel? Sorry, uh, Johnny. How much Ainsley make the Knowles feel when he sits there on the bench on Monday night? And looks at all these under eighteen players that he was a year, eighteen months ahead of. He had thirty games for our first team when they hadn't even broken through into the first team squad. And he's sitting there on the subs bench watching those players play and run about, work their nuts off, play great football. And he has gone backwards. He has got a decision to make. Actually, mate, and Niles, he either. Um, buries it with Arteta, comes oh. back biting, or he leaves the club in the summer. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I worry about is not playing him. He's going to decrease his value because teams that are looking to buy him are going to be like, whoa, why is he not playing? Yeah, he's mm. good. Yeah, he's been the best right back. Why is he not playing? People are going to kind of look into it a little bit. And they're going to be like, okay, he's got action problems. And that might cause teams to kind of bow out and not buy him, which is, which is not good because in the end, if Arteta wants him gone and wants to sell him, he's not going to go anywhere. Mm. So, Johnny. There's too many. There's two forms of maturity, immaturity as well. Um, I don't know if you get with me on this, guys. But if you look at Granite Xhaka, there's a difference with Granite Xhaka. If you look at Maitland Niles, how he acts, there's an immaturity there. Xhaka, for me, was passion, right? Whether you think what he done was right or wrong, he's a cocky. He's aggressive. He might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I think what Maitland Niles is doing is very, very kid stuff, and that is why. Yeah. Him. That is very immature. That's yeah. why I play Jacker. He threw his toys out of the toy chest. Yeah. He likes his passion. He plays Jacker. Every manager plays Jacker. Everyone. Emery, Wenger. They like, they like what they see. The difference is that little bit of attitude and sarcasm. And I've seen footage of Maitland Knowles, and I can see probably what's going on there. Do you know mm. what I mean? That's the sort of immaturity they don't want. That unprofessionalism. Do you know what I mean? Not about, just mainly about him. I know. I think he gets it from his mum. That's the problem. <laughs> um, what do you guys... We've had a question as well about um, Bellerin. And I, I'm i on Bellerin's side, actually, because I still th people aren't still taking it in about the recovery. When he gets back into the team, it really is where his recovery just properly starts. Um, and... You know, I've heard, I've said this before, and I'm sorry for repeating myself, but there was a, Tim Stillman had an uh, interview on the Arscast Ladies, Arsenal Ladies um, podcast, and he interviewed uh, the surgeon that does all the work for Arsenal uh, on the ACLs. And he said um, that is, the easy bit is, this, is, the, uh, is the operation and, uh, you know, getting that ready to start running again. The hard bit is when you actually start playing again, and it can take up to 12 months after that. So you, you've got to allow two years. And people are going on about and on and on about him being finished. He's lost his pace. He, he's not the same Bellerin we need to get rid. But I, all along, I've said you, you've got to wait until next season, really, to get the best. And he's got to play to actually build up that match fitness and sharpness again as well. So we're stuck in a, in a catch-22 situation. Unless he pay, plays the under-23s the rest of the year, which is... 
that ain't going to do him any good either because you need to be in a proper match situation against proper you know professionals and i think there's a very good comparison there with rob holding you know holding yeah. uh, hasn't, hasn't featured at all they both had the same injury within a month of each other it's a very serious injury and it's going to take a long time i'm with you andrew i am a real fan of bellerin i'm amazed at how much shit he's getting because he's had a year out of a fucking career-threatening injury when yeah. get the, biggest, the biggest thing i'm uh, sorry darren go ahead it's okay uh, the biggest thing with this injury, and I speak from experience on this because I've done it twice, yeah. it's up here. Like you said, Andrew, the easy that's part... It. That's it, mate. You've hit the nail on the head. The easy part is the surgery and repairing the muscle. That's And then and then the, the rehab... The rehab's not easy. Trust me on that. That's not easy. No, the rehab's not easy, but you can't simulate game speed. In any sport, at any level, you cannot simulate the game. I don't care how much practice you go through with your teammates on the pitch, you're not simulating game action. And it's because the knee just – it wasn't a grotesque injury. Nobody saw it like, oh, my God, that's awful. It was it was just a little tweak, and it, mm. and it, and it tears. So there's a confidence that if I plant, is my knee going to hold up? And, Andrew, you're exactly right. We won't see the real Hector Bellerin until – August. No, I yeah, don't think so. I think, so, I think I it's like really the match against Chelsea. So yeah, yeah, I know, but that, that's adrenaline. That, a lot of that is adrenaline, yeah. though. That's because a good player, yeah. there's um, a comment here from Lavanger's Lounge. Thanks a lot for getting involved. She says, uh, I don't think the ACL affects your pace, but it, it does because not, yeah. not uh, physically, but it does mentally because you do yes. not want to take those those um, high sprints. And if you need to move left or right on a, you know, really quickly, it's a mental thing to say, oh, God, you know, you don't trust your knee. And it's it's, it's a subconscious, it's it's a subconscious issue. When you, a, when you get an ACL surgery, when you get ACL surgery, your muscle essentially got gone. Any muscle that you that you built up over the years playing football, right. however long, it's it's just gone. You're starting from square one, zero percent muscle. So the rehab is it, it's very extensive. Uh, I personally have not done, but my sister, I know field hockey is not a crazy sport, but she's a very good field hockey player. Same thing, you know, going through trials and tribulations with her, repairing it, and kind of like Tano was saying, getting that confidence back was big, but. But when you even like even just like looking at the muscles, it's just a it's just completely different and just and just kind of like again just being confident. I'm just like walking a few steps. Come on, we should we should take the positive from this. This is the first no, year I, that Bellerin, This is the first year that Bellerin's not being touted to go to Barcelona. Come on, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We might have a superstar next year. And I think he's a future in this club. I'm excited, but again, it, people just want this instant gratification. They need to wait. I'm excited. I think his pace is not there yet, but we need to just yeah. hold well, on. Le- 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 it won't. It won't affect the pace. It, it is. It is purely mental. After an injury like that, it'll be the same thing with Rob Holding. It'll be the same thing with Hector Bellerin. It's just going to take time. But the summer and the training leading up to next season will help. Because think about this mm. too: he's not had a proper off season to train. No. He was rehabbing the entire summer. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. 
you know what? Yeah. The, the biggest thing for me today is I'm sitting here with four other guys who are all supporting Bellerin. And that's amazing because if you read Twitter, if you, you read the comments of Arsenal fans, uh, it's all we should get really shit. Maitland-Niles is better. This is really good that there's, I'm, in a, I'm in a room with four other Arsenal fans who actually see the potential Hector well, Bellerin and are hopeful. And, and, it doesn't, and if you don't see the potential in Hector Bellerin, then I just I don't think you can spell football, let alone know anything about it yeah, it's so, um, exciting as well the fact is that we've got we've got Zacho who's playing out of his skin he looks a great talent um but Darren said let's not go too overboard just yet but you've got another great player in Kieran Tierney to come back yep. so that's going to be a pickle that's going to be a situation for our tower does he move Zaka into his right position does I think he so. and then who comes out I am Kieran Tierney is that player I can't wait you I can't wait for him to come back in Doozy, uh, you know, a few others, uh, you know, Bellerin, I'm telling you, Kieran Tierney, when we finally got that over the line in the summer, I, yes, legs. Me too. Yeah. I'm more than, more than Pepe for me as well. Yeah, yeah 100%. Oh, yeah. Good player. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, de not degrading Pepe. I love the guy, but I'm just saying yeah, when we, I, I really, really wanted Kieran Tierney and I think he's our, he's our best crosser at the club. I'm 100%. Now, we've got Pepe that's uh, the best at dead balls, but actually crossing when you're running with the ball and actually putting the ball in, you know, uh, from the wing, there's no one better than Kieran Tierney. It's right on the money. Very and uh, I but cannot you know, wait for him to start building up a, a partnership on the left with either Saka or Martinelli. We've been so bad at the back, haven't we, for, for as long as you can remember. Mm. Signing Tierney and Saliba coming in next year, they were two forward-thinking moves. Yeah, right? we've bought, it's exciting. We've a centre-half that everybody wants. We don't know how good or bad he's going to be, but he certainly uh, comes hugely rated, as does Tierney. Good young goalkeeper. You know, if Bellerin gets his fitness back, yeah, actually, and Louise, who's been, for me, you know, I mean, I can't believe people are so critical. He's, he's, a, he's an outstanding footballer. Mm. Uh, if we can have that as a back four next year, wow. You know, The thing is, with Kieran Tierney, if you watch, he's been out with a, I think they're dragging that out a little bit. If you watch him, they're obviously beefing him up, and that's what you need. Yeah. That have you seen his thighs? Jesus Christ! Yeah, he's he's, he's always he's, had those thighs. If you if you mated him with Jack Grealish, I mean, the guy would have the the tree tree trunk legs to end all tree trunk legs. And very nice. Yeah. Mind you, all Shavin had a big beard, didn't he? And uh, and legs. Yes, yeah, no. gonna say and legs. <laughs> <laughs> well done. But, but I tell you what, Kieran Tierney's getting onto the stage where he's going to uh, give Roberto Carlos a run for his money with his uh, with his thighs. Jesus Christ! And, and, yeah. you, know what, and you know what else about Kieran Tierney? Think about this: Have you ever seen that dude wearing long sleeves? No, I know he's it, well. They don't in Scotland, do they? In that case, I mean, proper footballer, short sleeves, shirt tucked in. That's he doesn't cool. own a pair of pants. I don't know if you guys know that. He doesn't own a pair of pants. I genuinely think that he played us in a kilt if you gave him the opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> played a bad part in the middle of time. Right? <laughs> I, do, I do worry about his injury record. He doesn't have the best, but... Uh, I, I don't, you know. I don't worry about it. I think a lot of the, the injuries he's had are different which is good for a, from a starting point because it's not a recurring injury. However, no, but he's, he's still very, very young. He's still very young. And he got a, a lot of the injuries at an early age. And I think his body is, is young enough to actually yeah, overcome them. Inspector Gadget either. You can't just, oh, he's had all these different things done to him. Yeah. No, no, but he's not, had, he's, not had as, he's not had as many. You know, in the summer when we bought him, 
and people are going on and on and on about the injury record. Now, I wish I had the, the stats to hand, but he played an awful lot of games to see the previous season for Celtic. He didn't miss a lot of games. And he, he is the, the kind of guy that is not going to go down or, or, or stay out any longer than he has to. He wants to be playing football. You know, when, when he got the call to come to Arsenal in the summer, he was at the park playing football with his mates. That's how much he loves the game. And I, I, he's being held back because they don't want to rush him back at the moment. That's a yeah. definite 100%. He'd be out there playing. I'm not going to say, I don't want to say it was a freak injury. That's just part of the game. I mean, I, I was there, I saw the whole thing right in front of me. And mm. it, it's, just, it's unfortunate. But it, I think anybody in that situation was probably going to walk away with a, with a bump shoulder after the, after the play he made. So. Mm. Oh, so you're the bad luck. You're the reason why he did it. <laughs> I have not been. I will say that as full disclosure, I was at the uh, I was at the match where Rod Holding blew out his knee against Manchester United back in December of 2018, and I was at West Ham. I, I might there's there's something here, fellas. Um, I may have to. Look and you've also done your own ACL, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I may have okay. to. I may have, at least hold wherever you are, I'll stay there. I, I, I think I need to stop going to away matches. I think the, that's the, the beard. The beard yeah. one is cursed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Now, one thing I agree with as well. Just sorry to, to but there's a comment from Tony Turner. I think it was. Uh, yes. Tina. He said he said that he would still bring on. Uh, bring in Max Ahrens or Munier to give Bellerin serious competition. I definitely would bring in Max Ahrens. I think that would be a great shout. I really like the kid. And he's very young, so he wouldn't mind too much about having to battle for his place. He wouldn't be demanding immediate first-team football. And I think he's a serious good prospect. And I'd like to bring him in for a bit of competition. Haven't we just bought in a right-back? Yeah, that he's on loan. And I, I, what, is, what on earth? It's like he came in as an emergency, not an emergency loan, obviously, but in January, he came in on loan to provide cover. We are now in March, and we haven't seen the guy. What, what is the point in that? I mean, he's, he's not supposed to train until at least the end of March, the earliest. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. What a joke that is. That was one I didn't get. Oh. I don't get it at all. All right, none of us got it, but Arteta made that move. So, Arteta obviously sees something in him, and Arteta is obviously looking longer term. So, maybe he doesn't have the confidence that Bellerin will ever get back. And this is who he has decided is going to give Bellerin a run for the money. We're not going to buy another one, are we? You know, we've just. No, I mean, it, well. It depends until the summer and, and, and make yeah, a decision and then, obviously. It's, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to be shown that he's going to come into the team, this Cedric Suarez, and, and play really well. I mean, I'd love to see that, obviously, because it's going to benefit the club. But uh, what I don't understand is why we bought, uh, you know, got someone in on loan again who's injured. Unless we just, we seriously wanted him and because he's available for free in the summer. Yeah. And because we seriously wanted him, we're willing to take him on loan, knowing that he's injured, to stop anyone else getting him. You might buy him if he was injured and he's not going to play for two months unless you wanted him long term. The same with Mary, you know, we've actually just gone and got them because we want them now. Mm. So there is a competition in the summer. Is it just for these signings on loan as well? Is it a tactical move just to get us through the door? To help us just make sure we try and get in the top four, top five and then shoot them up afterwards, then work? Is it a part-time thing we think, well, January is hard to get anyone? That's the best of what we can get for January. Hector's not on full flow. This guy comes in, he could be important to us in the last few games. That's, maybe that's just a tactical move. Maybe. Yeah. 
He might have not even also realized because he also plays left back too, and maybe yeah. he didn't realize the you know the whole Saka thing. He, I don't think I don't think Saka was really playing in January, at least like to where we know him to be right now. So, I mean, match is always hurt, Terry's hurt. You know, we we need that cover no matter what. But you know, I think it was more of a competition based thing. But right now, it's, we need fullbacks. Well, can I give? Can I? I don't know whether you guys saw what I put on Twitter yesterday, but give give it some thought before jumping down my throat. Uh, <laughs> but two, uh, this is the tweet I, I put out, and I haven't got it in front of me. I can't, but basically, what I said was two months ago, we would never have thought that Saka would have been playing week in week out as a left back at, uh, at the time, and we've been shocked by how good he's been, and. Um, Due to the situation with Maitland-Niles and looking at the performance yesterday of, um, not yesterday, it was the day before, of um, Reese Nelson, what would, just imagine um, if Reese Nelson was put in at right back, work, obviously, same as Sakari, he's not got massive defensive duties, but playing Reese Nelson at right back, linking up with Pepe, overlapping with his right foot and putting the balls in the box. He's a great crosser of the ball, as we've seen. Now, it's a bit pie in the sky. I've got no idea how it would work out. But that's quite an interesting proposition. If he could be trained as a, and play maybe some under-23 games in that position uh, as an understudy, and you know, instead of a, uh, making the nose to Bellerin, I think that could be quite exciting. Have Saka on one side and, and uh, Nelson at the other. I'm not saying week in, week out in the Premier League before anyone, again, he's not ready, not ready, not ready, but it's a, no, it's a possibility. It's he's got always, the skills. It's always healthy to have rotation as well. And yeah. Always, yeah. Always, it's very healthy to have, as long as they're half decent at what they do, if they're second string, I think that's not a bad shout. It's because we need someone overlapping Pepe. Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally, I want Pepe to be moving in more into the middle, like I've said before, but... If that doesn't happen, I don't think it will under Arteta. We need someone overlapping him who can cross with their right foot. And he's, he's ideal. And it's a way of getting them both in the team. And if we had someone on the right-hand side of defence, well, Luke Sabahis has been doing quite well, actually. He, he had a bad game against Olympiacos, but to be fair to him, he's, he's had a few good games recently. If he could be doing what um, Jacques is doing on the left-hand side, sort of dropping into the left side of defence when uh, Saka's bombing forward. If someone, or Tobias in the, in the meantime, do, does the same on the right, it, I mean, that could be pretty devastating, I think. Mm. There's, there's plenty of options there, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, also, but it also comes down to, does the player want to do that? Does Reese Nelson want to play right back? Because, as he's, you know, a clear example. I mean, now we don't know with, with me and Niles, but back in the day, me and Niles was like, I'm not right back. I'm a centre midfielder. So... Whilst he got spliffing his head. The thing is, though, dude, it's Arteta's, it's Arteta's show, and you play where he tells mm. you. Right. Mm. Yeah, that, no, that, I agree. That, I think he could learn. I, I'm, I may, I, there is something in the back of my mind that um, he has done the role. Uh, I don't know whether it's either for the um, England setup or the under-23s, but it's, there's something in the back of my mind. I may be wrong that he's actually played it before, but... Oh, I don't know. I mean, we were shocked at how good Saka was. We could be shocked at how good uh, Nelson is in, in doing the same job. And he may well be extremely inspired by Saka and all the recognition he's getting and the England recognition talk he's getting. He could think, well, I want a bit of that. And it is, let's face it, 
it, it, in this day and age, it's a very sexy position for footballers to play, isn't it? With uh, Liverpool's uh, leading the way in Robertson and uh, Trent, Terence Trent Derby. So, oh, well, okay, then. sexy position. It is, though, isn't it? It's, it's, it was nowhere near glamorous, was it? If you're the worst player, you got shoved at right back or left back when yeah. I was a kid. But yeah. it's not it's not the case anymore. No, you're right. But uh, yeah, I just thought I'd throw it out there and see what you thought. Anyway, but I think it might, it might it's quite intriguing. Anyway, well, I think I think for any player, it's it's good to be flexible. You know, it's good to be able to adapt. It's, it's it's good enough having it's good in a partner as well. Right, we've had we've had. Um, some clarification that um, Man City, I think I've touched on it earlier, is next Wednesday. Um, and it's it sort of screwed up a little bit, the, the run of four games that we've got that are quite nice, you know, coming up. Nothing's easy on paper, as we all know, and we talked about earlier. But um, what's your thoughts about, um, first off, the, the game that we've got coming up? Uh, it's going to play. It's going to be so nice, isn't it? Not having Thursday night football anymore to, in lots of ways. But um, yeah, West Ham at the weekend on on Saturday. I mean, do you think he's going to properly go back to full strength, or do you think that any of the guys that played um, on on Monday have, have maybe played their way into the team for West Ham? I could see Nelson showing up. I think he. I think he had a good game against Portsmouth. Again, against Portsmouth, but um, FA. Kind of, yeah, it just again. I think Nelson is a system player. I think it depends where, what we want to do with him and what we want to do on that right hand side. I mean, again, I think Pepe has done a lot of good things coming back and defending. I just think you know Nelson can offer a little, you know, something a little different. Um, not as I, I personally want Pepe instead of Nelson. I'm just saying, you know, it's it's an it's an option. Um, I really don't, you know, I, the only thing. I, I don't want is I just do not want to see the same exact 11 that started against Olympiacos. And that scares me because at the time before we were, before that game started, that was our starting 11 under Arteta. So if he keeps with that and he plays that against West Ham, I'm going to be pretty annoyed. Um, I, won't be tweet, I won't be tweeting Arteta out. But it seems fancy and Ketia. He's, he started in, what, the last three Premier League games? He mm. seems to fancy him ahead of Lacazette. So I think he might keep his place. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I mean, oh, yeah, I think Sorry, Mari, yeah. Uh, well, looked pretty yeah. good, the two of them, didn't they? I think yeah. ideally Arteta wants to see Luis and Mari. I, I, don't, I think he did a really good job against Portsmouth. Is it enough to start him with Mustafi? I, mean, I can't believe I'm oh, saying that. Is it enough to start Mustafi? But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, you know I we'll think they'll, uh, I think they'll start Mustafi because because he's on a roll and because he came off of an injury. They don't want to do his confidence because he's building a player up that we've all slagged off because we have. Let's, let's get it right. We've all nailed him. Yeah, yeah. um, he's he's been a different player, and uh, I think the worst thing to do, sadly, and that sounds awful, but at least I'm being honest, is to drop the guy when he's playing really well and then put Mari in because he played against Portsmouth. So you've got to start McAfee, to be fair. I agree That's with it. that, but he came off the field and everyone thought, uh-oh, what's wrong with him? Apparently, it was like cramps. And Nothing. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to say. Arteta said something in his post-match where he mm. kind of took a shot at Mustafi. And that's not good for no. anyone. You know, you have a guy who's playing, you know, one of the – he was probably the best player in that game. And when we kind of needed him most, he kind of 
you know, literally cramped out. And I, as, as a, I mean, I don't know how is going to approach it. I'm not a Premier League, ma- Premier League manager, but I would be very annoyed and very pissed off enough to take him off the team out of the 11 against West Ham. I don't know, but, uh, it just sucks when, you know, someone doesn't show the heart that we need to push forward and move on in a competition that is vital to our success, vital to our summer transfer window. It just it's true. Sorry, go on, Johnny. It just worries me as if he, I don't know if you guys agree or not, it just worries me if he doesn't start a fit for Staffy who's been playing well, will that drag him back down again? Oh, it doesn't matter. He's got to play what's right for the team, isn't he? And I, I agree. It's just, he played really, really well against Olympiacos. And there's no doubt that we were worse when he went off. And it, I also think the same about Ceballos, by the way. I think uh, we went massively down here when Ceballos went off, actually, against Olympiacos. Um, but I don't know which uh, podcast it was on. I, I apologise to whoever it was. But what you just said, Ryan, it might be the cast actually. But they, someone mentioned about um, that whenever the going gets really tough, Mustafi has always gone off with some kind of weird injury. And it's true, actually, when you think about it. And he comes back the next week. It looks like he's going to, it's like a season-ending injury or whatever when he goes off. Or, and then he, come, he magically comes back the next game. I mean, come on, I, was it, the, I was at the game true. and Mustafi was right in front of me when he felt his hamstring. He was running, he pulled up slightly, straight away caught to the bench because he didn't want to risk it. I don't see that in any part but of Mr. Fee. He was, he was available for Monday. Yeah, I, was... I don't see him in Mr. Fee. I mean, we've all slagged him off, as, as Johnny says, but Mr. Fee is fabulous for 89 minutes a game. You know, he works, he's, he fights, he sticks tackles in, he puts his head where he wanted to put his head, mm-hmm. and then he makes a complete cock up and we let him go. And we 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 yeah. up with that for months and months and months, and we all just lost our patience with him. Arteta has put him in from day one. He's rehabilitated. You can't help but say he's been one of our best defenders, our best players for the last two months. It's 100%. I think that's it. He's afraid to Mustafi. He's he's afraid to pull a Mustafi and fuck us, you know, going forward. And it's like, when you're the best player on the pitch, when you're the best player on the pitch, like, you can't have that kind of confidence. Didn't you think, though, with, with Marion, <laughs> look, I, I think he'll probably play Mustafi. <laughs> but didn't you think that Mari, having a left-footed player yeah, on Monday night, we just looked far better balanced in that. Yeah. yeah. I think a left-footed centre-back is vital to us moving forward. Is it Mari? I don't know. But I so think, you, especially for our tennis tactics, it's really, really yeah. good. I liked him. I, I think he... People have said that he, remi- that he reminds them of Mertesacker. To me... He yes, reminds he me like more that. of uh, Steve Bold. He reminds me more of Steve Bold the way he plays. Don't you think, yeah. Darren? We've seen him play for 90 minutes against the team from League One, and we're all saying he's the oh, no, It's, it's just mean? the way he runs. The it's, way he runs and passes. It, it's a tough game. Throwing him into the Premier League against a West Ham team that's on great form at the moment. They've suddenly found some fucking form when they've got to play oh. us. You know, they've, they they played really well up yeah. at Anfield. They, they won very oh, well no. against Southampton last weekend. And now they're coming... I know, it's, typical, it's, isn't it? It's the last thing we need, isn't it? We want a fucking team to roll over and tickle their bellies. Um, we want West Ham from two weeks ago. Yeah, do you put Mari in, in that sort of environment? Or no. do you just stick with Mustafi? I mean, I think you'll go Mustafi, but I think it is one. It was just, I just thought we looked a lot better balanced with a, a left-sided player at the back. Trouble is, when do you? You have to do it at some point. You can't keep playing Mari in the under-23s. 
So you can have to throw him in at some point, and we're in the running now, technically. So we've only got a maximum of 14 games left this season. And when do you start him? He's got to have to have a run, hasn't he? So the problem, I think what we've got here is a case of no one, including Arteta, thought with Mustafi was going to be playing the way he was. So mm. now we've got a situation of, oh, I've signed this guy, Mustafi's come on here. So it's a good mm. problem. Yeah, and Johnny, I think I don't think anyone saw us going out of the Europa League so early and thought we would be having two games a week for the next uh, four weeks, five weeks, and we, we haven't got that worry now. That's a, that's not such a good thing. But you know, one, one thing I'm looking forward to against West Ham is I'm looking forward to a very angry, hungry Aubameyang because he's going to mm. be hurting, and I yeah. think he's going to he's going to really push yeah. us to that top five. I think you're starving for the, the 24 hours previously. That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put him on a chain, starving. You know, we, we, we're, we're the chance of a top five this year. It really does give us, you know, we, we win, you know, you're right, Andrew, putting uh, Man City in amongst that run of games. We all looked at the next three or four games and we could actually have won all three or four. We, in the mix, you know? We've only lost, a, I th- I'm pretty sure, I might be wrong, but we've only lost one more game than Man City have all season. Yeah. Yeah, and we'd only won one more game than uh, Norwich. You know, that, I that, know, but, but Man City are fallible this season, aren't they? I yeah, don't I, fear them as much as I would have done last year. So, and we didn't have we didn't have Arteta last year. So, I, I don't. I'm not saying we're going to win a hundred percent, but I'm, I don't think we're going to get spanked anyway. We've, we've got more of a chance. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I was going to say is, well, just quickly before. Uh, uh, Tony Turner's put, from what I saw, Socrates or Mustafi needs to be paired with Mari. Uh, I don't know what Louise has done wrong on that point, but mm, Louise, uh, I still think Louise sometimes should be considered for one of the defensive midfield roles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he played really well in the Europa. I, I, Europa I think that Mustafi and, Mustafi and Mari, with Louise in front of them as one of the dual pivot, could, could be quite good. Let's expand on that. So, taking out who does that does that replace Xhaka? Does that replace who? It depends Jacka, who we're playing. Please. If I'm honest, it well, depends yeah. who we're playing. Okay, we're uh, playing West Ham. No, I wouldn't do that for West Ham. No. So where uh, would you do it? You know, you you all nodded and said, "Yeah." I mean, and I watched. A, a, well, a, a Man City's a good Europa one. League, until he got injured, it was his best game. I thought for us at the time, Louise, He came into the centre of midfield. He run the game. Yeah. Who do you drop him for? I mean, let's be serious. I mean, if that's something that we're going to Jaka, easy. I no, don't even think no, no I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't. I'd, I'd keep Jaka so... on the left. He's so bad. No, I don't mate, know. mate, I, mate, I agree. I agree, but at, at uh, the moment, he's the best we've got for that left side. I'll drop him for Sabayos, yeah, because against uh, Man City, I'll drop Sabayos and put Luis in because he's still great at passing, but we let's face it, we're going to be under a lot more stress and, um, from their attacking front five. And Luis is better defensively and we'd have much more security there, personally. It, it really frustrates me as well when you get, you know, just what are people watching out there? What is this David Luiz thing going? He has been clearly our best centre-back, our leader mm. on that pitch. Why on earth would you take him out and put... It's not really team? saying much, but I agree I, I don't with you know. 100%. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I thought it was a great signing. He had a, he had a slow start, didn't he? The first two or three games, he made a couple of mistakes. But he's he's a he's a lucky. Yeah, but you know why? With all that experience, that quality, that passing ability, that leadership that we've been lacking for so long. He's got it. 
Yeah. The one thing I say about Louise, one thing I say about Louise that I don't like, please stop taking our fucking free kicks. Because one one in 150 million might fly in like he did for Brazil. I think I remember him scoring one. But please, let someone else take our free kicks because you ain't good at them, mate. I mean, who do we have that's good at them besides Pepe? Well, I mean, I'd rather have had... Anyway, like, because like, Nelson, Nelson to took him. all our corners and everything, and he did a great job. So, what? Just give him a chance, for God's yeah, sake. I'm not saying I want Louis to take him, but I do like him standing over them to kind yeah. of give a different look when other defenses are kind of looking at us taking a free kick. But it scares kick, but... the shit out of a goalkeeper as well because they know what he can do. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but my, he's, he's like Ronaldo. People think he's incredible at free kicks, which is incredible at everything. Let's face it, but he doesn't score a very high percentage of his free kicks, Ronaldo. Um, it's just his reputation. And um, I remember Luis scoring an incredible one for Chelsea. I can't remember who it was. It might have been against PSG, actually, which made them want to sign him years ago. I can't remember him scoring another one. Um, if, if you watch him as a player, Luis, even at the first game, when we said going back, Darren, he was actually very good on his debut against Burnley for Arsenal. And then also the Brighton game, we lost. He was our best player. He scored a cracking goal that was disallowed. He mm. did not yeah. get on with Henry, but since Arteta's been there, we haven't got the Chelsea Louise, but it's not far short of it. And that, no, no. It, it was it's obvious, painfully obvious, what was wrong early part of the season when he started, and that was because we he had no protection in front of him. You know, Correct. we had a massive gaping chasm in front of our defence. That's what made him look bad because he was so incredibly exposed and he just had everyone running at him and remember how many shots we were giving up every single game and he made mistakes because he's never had that before he's never had such a disorganized unfunctional midfield in front of him ever and look what happens when we get a functional um entire tutter in and he knows he's got the team set up right he hasn't worked miracles he hasn't like done some kind of magic shit He's just got the team set up and organised properly so that they're, def- they're not actually o- exposed anymore. And now, just look overnight. Overnight. For Arteta's first game, so much more comfortable. It's I because mean, it's of that stupid idiot that- we had as a manager before him. <laughs> yep. So, um, that's, uh, if people can't see that, that the way that our defence looked so shocking. And yeah. I remember going on another, other, a couple of podcasts and saying, our defence... Uh, isn't as bad as people think. It's just the way that we're opening up like the fucking Red Sea and everyone's just walking straight through the middle of us and peppering our our goal with shots. So that's why he looked bad in the first half. What Arteta's done as well, if you look at Mustafi now, he's doing the Tony Adams thing. He's getting the fucking ball out. He's not dancing around with it and that. Mm. No nonce defending. No nonsense defending. No nonce defending. My God. (laughs) (laughs) I should hope not. Uh, do you know what I mean? But um, get rid of the ball, and that's what he's, it's easy, and that's what he's teaching them to do. And I think Mustafi playing alongside Louise has helped Mustafi as well. Mm. He's always got someone to mm. give the ball to when he's in trouble, hasn't he? Louise's yeah. first touch is normally so good, he can comfortably just give it to him. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's football suicide. Anyone that comes on here and says drop Louise, it is fucking mad. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Did you see the Cruyff turn he did against Pompey? Yeah, brilliant. It's unbelievable. I mean, he created himself so many... I mean, obviously, people think... <gasps> but I loved it, I did. I, I, it gave him so much space. The, the the bloke didn't know which way, which day of the week it was, let alone you know, where the ball was. So, yeah, I, I, I just love watching him play. I always have. Even when he played for Chelsea, I've always loved watching him play because he plays without fear. He just plays... I always thought he was a, He's a winner. Player. 
We can yeah. have got him when he was Wenger was there. He was a Wenger type player, ball player. Yeah, player. absolutely. Wenger wanted him. Yeah. Wanted yeah. him for he did, actually, yeah. And um, I, I just think we're lucky. Sorry, <laughs> we all laughing at the bearded gunner then. <laughs> yeah. He's scared you. <laughs> Listen, anyway, we've got to, this is the most important question of the whole show. Right, everyone listening. Right, Tanner, what's your favourite restaurant? <laughs> uh, I, I want two answers. I want I want one where you live and I want one in London. Um, okay. I don't know, the waiter. I think I mean, I give you, I give you a waiter too if you want. You know, oh, I can do it here. Man, one in London. I'm yeah. Go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Burger and Lobster. That place is really good. What? Uh, where's that? Is that London? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Burger and Lobster on. Uh, oh, Burger and Lobster. Yes. Oh, actually, I think yeah. Is that? Tra- I know that. Yeah, it's good. Uh, the one on Dean Street is is fantastic. Um, a restaurant here. Yeah. Man, oh man. Uh, I don't know why this question's got to be asked, but I've got to ask it's, it. It's anyway. a long, it's a long drawn out story. Don't worry about it. Uh, 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 Twitter thread from Did it get lost in the WhatsApp conversation? No, no, no it was on Twitter. Ah, oh, right, right. Uh, yeah. Over here, I'm just, I'm going to say Chick Fil A. I'll go with a chain. That's, that's, like, oh, that's like a fast food place. Oh, yeah, right. Chick Fil A's good, man. Come on, you know Chick Fil A. It is. No, it's delicious. It's, <laughs> I didn't, realize how cheap the date. I didn't realize how cheap the date you were. Oh, I'm a real cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tony Turner's put, you could land a helicopter in the middle of the pitch whilst we under Emery with the spacing the midfield was given. Absolutely right. Yeah, I totally agree. We'd get crop circles if we uh, if the game went on for extra time. So... Yeah, that's what I mean. That anyone would have looked shit, and I, I stand by the fact that even Virgil Van Dyke would have looked shit in in our defence under Emery because of the amount of space we were given, given the midfielders. Anyway, all right. I think we'll probably. Has anyone got anything else? We'll call it a day there. After actually, no. Let's just one thing. One, one, one quick round. Do you think we'd have win against West Ham? What's the score predictions, please? I'll start with you, Johnny. Um, Arsenal ten nil, easy. I would have. Yeah. Uh, oh. I think so. They're pissed all over West Ham. They're going to eat too much pie and mash. They ain't going to be able to move. Jelly deals. Uh, but no, Joe's just died. I think Arsenal win uh, 3 0. Oh. Uh, I like it. Other goals. And uh, also, just before I um, move on, yes. I've got a new show coming called The Boardroom Bands. Now, there's about four or five of us on there. Mm-hmm. And it's a podcast for everyone. It's about our, it's Arsenal related. But we're also doing serious topics like mental health, um, anything, any other subject that you can think of. We've got some great guests coming on. Next week, we're doing our top 10 American horror films of all time. And we've got a uh, film producer called Carl Hester. He's coming on. And in a few weeks from that, we've got Boise, John Chalice from Only Falls and Oh, Disney. wicked. Yeah. So we've got some really good things Marlene. Marlene. <laughs> <laughs> Marlene, get in the car. (laughs) um, Anyone's welcome on there. Look out for it. It's the boardroom bants. And if you guys ever want to come on, it's a topic you're interested in. You're more than welcome. Um, Yeah, fantastic. When's it going to start? Well, we we started last week. Oh, good. Thank you, pardon. I'll have to catch up on that one then. What day do you go? We go live on the Thursdays, but we work a lot with from Arsenal Fan TV. He's a mate of mine. So we go on his... uh, show as well we're going to watch along with the Portsmouth game 
But um, yeah, we've got some really good uh, projects coming up and we'll be doing some live ones from the Gunners Pub as well. So uh, yeah, feel free to join in, guys. And if you see us and you want to come on, and it's a topic that you're interested in, get your name down, get a DM and we'll have you on. I like all your uh, your top tens you do regularly on uh, on Twitter with your you know your films and your your music and all that sort of stuff. I like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, so it's, I, it's like you said, a podcast now. So we're going to go for something a bit different, mix it up a little bit, and uh, obviously if that goes well, then we'll try a porn channel. I know. Absolutely, I think you should. Yeah, wear that though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I just want to don't want to get don't want to get too close. Right. What about you, Daz? Well, oh God, is it time to promote something? I've got fuck all to promote. No, West Ham match. West Ham match. Yeah, the Arsenal India podcast. That's dead. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the West Ham match? Uh, all predictions. Fuck me. If we knew how to predict football matches, then we'd all be rich instead of the bookmakers. So all my predictions are all. Oh, rich. do you think that he's going to? Uh, do you think he's going to have any players from that have played their way into it? Like I asked the, the question before, we never really got round to that. We went off on the tangent, it was, as per usual. Do you think any players have played the way into the team? Enketia will start. Yeah, I think he's, he's a big fan of Enketia, and I think he will start. Um, you know, but uh, I, I hope he plays. I hope that's the future. I loved watching us. I thought with those uh, three three really good, experienced people at the back, um, eating 30, 40, 50 yard balls into the mm. corners. You know, that was great. We've got David Louise. You know, let's use mm. it. But that mm. pace up front would be great. And I think, I hope we'll win. Come on, who knows? 5 new Arsenal. Oh, my God. That'd be, that'd be lovely. I always do. Uh, 5 nils my standard prediction <laughs> every game. I get it right twice a season. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet this season. Yeah, I have. Yeah, we won one of the uh, Europa League games 5 Oh, we did, yeah. Not in the poorest. Not in the poorest 5 nil. I think. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, look. <laughs> That was my favourite game of the season so far. That and the Liverpool game uh, in the... Uh, I'm still going to call it the Carling Cup with Carabao. Yeah, what the fuck's that all about? Um, but yeah, I love that game. What about you, Ryan? I actually think it's going to be 3-0 too. 2-0 to the Arsenal. Um, mm. The only thing I'm scared about is if we play... This, like I said before, if we play that same eleven that went up against Olympiacos, I'm, I, I would be, I'm terrified. But... I think Johnny said it. I think Aubameyang is going to be hungry. I think he's just going to be after it. I'm I'm excited to see him play. Um, I just think he's going to bring it. I, again, I just I worry about the supporting cast. But uh, you know, Emery's first win against West Ham. Freddie's first win West Ham. I just think we're going to do one to West Ham. So go three nil. Well, I was more. I was actually really worried about the the Everton game, and I was quite pleasantly surprised that. That we won that one, and yeah, I, I, I sh- we should find if we can beat Everton, we should be out. We should be all right against West Ham. Oh, oh hello, little beagle. Oh. What about you, Turner? Uh, I'm pretty confident, uh, but I'm going to go with a three-one to the Arsenal. Uh, I think I think West Ham can nick one. Uh, they don't have Andy Carroll anymore. They're not going to score against us. Yeah. Oh shit! They haven't. I forgot about him. No, 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 he's on Newcastle no, now. No, no, so no. they don't it? have him anymore. Oh, well, they don't. I was going to say. Yeah, he went to Newcastle. That's why I, I don't know. But yeah. Going back to that Lacazette thing you were talking about earlier, Darren, I was going to say, fuck me, if you can get 35 million for fucking Andy Carroll, you can get like 100 million for Lacazette. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very true, yeah. Jesus. 40 million at Newcastle. That's mental, isn't it? And then they got Suarez, didn't they, for 22, Liverpool. Same, same side, same day. 
Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Andrew, what's the score going to be? Have you had your? I, I think it's going to be two-one to the Arsenal. Hmm. I think it's going to be a bit tighter, but um, I'm confident of a win. And I, I, do you know what? I'm going to stick my neck out. I'm going to. Th- I think I don't. I'm not going to say we're going to win, but I don't think we're going to get beaten by Man City either. I think we'll come out of there with something. That would pretty, be that would be amazing. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I think that they'll just give everything against Man City because of Arteta. And uh, yeah. obviously, if anyone knows what they're going to do, like tactics-wise, it's going to be in how to play against them. Yep. So yeah, I, I don't think we'll lose against them either. So that's, you that's got my good point. My bold prediction. Right, well, if anyone's got uh, anything else, uh, I know that you've got a show coming up after this one, aren't you, Tanner? Unless we've gone on too late, unless you're going to call uh, No, we're not. Yeah, we, we're running almost two hours here. So uh, I was going to have uh, Dan Potts on, but he couldn't make it tonight. So I think we're just going to scrap it and uh, we'll look forward maybe to next week. Right, well, make sure everyone who's watching, anyway, give your your show a, a, a subgru- subscribe as well. Uh, the Big Daguna channel is very, very good. And Ryan from the Ask Brothers, please give that a listen. Uh, very, very good. It's not for children, the Ask Brothers, 100%. No, but, it, uh, is, it is not. Grab a beer and join us. Yeah, it's great. If you like, um, if you like Benny listen. Hill, just watch that. Uh, just give that a listen. <laughs> I was just thinking, if we are doing this, I should say that I was the guest on the Clock End Talk podcast. Yeah, yes. The one I've hosted for the last six months. So, yeah, go on, Clock End Talk. Until he got, yeah. <laughs> Until they uh, got rid of you for a, for a while, but they brought you back on a free transfer. Guys, uh, yeah, if, but... if you ever want to do your shows, just tag me, and if you want me to promote it for you as well, I'll gladly do it. No problem at all of you. Not That's issue. great. Appreciate Johnny. Yeah. That, oh, I'm just so glad that we've got this off the off the ground after everything, <laughs> after all the problems I've had. So uh, I'm really glad that we've got the show on the road today. But thanks, everyone, for coming on. I do appreciate it. Thanks for your patience. With appreciate this. it. Yeah, nice to talk to you. Proper Arsenal fans. Love it. Yeah, no, it's been great. It's been good. It's nice to have positive. And then, until things change, uh, <laughs> unless the, the board do something terrible, I'm going to stay positive because I'm well behind Arteta and what they're doing. But you never know Come what's going to happen. I've got a nice fucking tie here. <laughs> Take care, guys. Please, uh, please give us a like. Just give us a subscribe and tell your mates because uh, I think you've all agree it's worth watching the show. So thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, and uh, hopefully see you all next week. Cheers, guys. Come on, you gunners. Thank you. Go bye bye. Go. <laughs> Fuck off then. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, do appreciate it. Thanks for your patience. It's been a bit of a nightmare, but. Yeah, I'm no just work. pleased we got it off the off the off the ground today. Yeah, good yeah. show, guys. Yeah, still live, but you know, no big deal. <laughs> are we still live? Yeah, we are still live. Oh. No, I've been. Have, have we? I've I clicked in alive. broadcast bollocks. Bollocks, bollocks. Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. We really need your help to spread the word about From Dar Square to Where. So if you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. 
Subscribe to the From Doll Square to Wear YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you never miss a live show. And finally, please tune in to the live shows. Don't forget, you can get the chance every week to be the star alongside Andrew and his great guests just for being the most entertaining viewer on the night. Thanks again and see you on the next episode. Bye! Can anyone catch them, do you think? Uh, yes, of course. Yeah, unbelievable, we didn't expect that. Awesome fingers.